I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Now, Frank, can we take you back? Strange night for you, 1989. Now, you probably know what I'm going to ask you here. Dark night for you, you stared death in the face and you were shot. Can you recall that moment? Yeah, it was a terrible thing. I mean, it was, it was the night I sort of joined the club of the Pope and Ronald Reagan. Um, <laughs> exclusive club. Exclusive club. Yeah, no, what happened that night? I got out of the car. Um, my driver was, I've never done a show at Barking Side before. And I, actually, I was in two minds whether to go because at the time I owned London Arena, we'd had a board meeting there and it ran on a bit. And I thought, and I thought, and I want to go switch off and go and watch some fights. And car pulled up. Got, I got out. I heard a bang and I thought it was a car backfiring. And I looked around and there's a fella standing like where you are. And I could see him and he was holding it. His hands were shaking, his gun. And I thought it was a joke. I generally thought it was a joke to start with. And then I had a click and suddenly, bang. And I turned me back so it went in there. Straight through you? Straight through there and out that side. My partner was a guy called John Bottras who was a barrister. He jumped on him. Brave guy, you know, jumped on him, got hold of him. And and he was dancing around and, and he was shaking. And then he, boom, he got away. And next minute, all I remember is I can remember going around the other side of the car and it had gone through my lung. And all I can remember was a gurgling feeling. So I was gurgling because my blood's lungs filling up with blood and then I'm kneeling down. My dad was there and my uncle Bob were there and my brother and they ran in and got the doctor, the bald doctor. He came and he said, have you got a hanky? I'm like, oh, so I've got a hanky. He went, hold it on this. But it'd come out that side as well. So I'm holding it on this handkerchief and I could just feel like I was drowning because the blood in that lung. And uh, then I'm sort of lying on the floor and I remember Gary Nichols. You remember Gary Nichols, the old fight region of cabbie went, you drove home and Frank, you all right, mate? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm having the time of my life. So that was that. He drove on. He drove out in parts. Then the ambulance was on strike. So they put me in the back of a police van to take me to a hospital. And they had to do a three point turn, and the fellas banged up a curb. I'm going, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's one of those. And then um, the hospital was called uh, Brooks Hospital, which is in the appropriate name Shooters Hill. <laughs> over in South London because there was all the ambulances on strike. So I was over there and then I remember being on a trolley and they're wheeling you in and all the lights are flashing because, you know, as you, you're looking up. And I remember I had this really nice suit on at the time. And my uncle was there and I said, don't let them knock me out. But the next minute they knocked me over and I was 
out and cut all my clothes off and and that was it and then I, the, the worst thing was for, was for my wife because the police went to my house and she was pregnant at the time my youngest son Henry and they said to her they told her that oh, I probably won't make it so that was that and she came down to the hospital my family were there and and the next morning I re- all I remember is coming like in there I woke up because it had gone through my ribs but it took some bone out of my ribs and my lungs full up and the only way to get the blood out of your lung, you've got to cough it up. And you try coughing with a broken <laughs> rib, so it's like a, the worst case scenario. In the space of less than a week, I lost about, I went down to nine stone. And I remember in the hospital, because it was obviously it was an NHS, but the police wanted me out in the hospital for some reason. So I booked into a private, because I had obviously private health insurance, and they took me in an ambulance to there. But before I left, I was gasping. She said, the nurse, I said to him, I'd like a beer, cold lager. I really fancied a drink. And she said, well, you can't have that. And I said, I've got it anyway. She got me one. So I got all the, and we had at London Arena, we had uh, the new kids on the block who were flying at the time. They were the top band. So all the nurses, that we, I'd give them all tickets and sent all the nurses from the thing there. And they had a nice night out. They looked after me. What's the recovery like? How long I were you I discharged myself from hospital because <laughs> the newspapers at the time were linking me up with all sorts of things. And I sued a lot of the newspapers because they got it wrong. I got lots of apologies and front pages are, you know, the gun was used in another crime and this and that and all this stuff. And it was just bollocks. And the police weren't leaking it. I know they weren't leaking it. And they, you know, it's all those the police told us. And I then got stuck into the police said what's going on here why are you saying this and we went we didn't i said well you do it and go out and tell them that then i said otherwise we're going to have a problem i've done a press conference on the because the press were all outside my house driving the, all the kids seeing it every day they don't know what's going on because my wife obviously kept it they're all young thought the best thing to do is just do a press conference get everyone off me back and then that's done and i did that at london arena it was about 10 days later and I was struggling to breathe and I was struggling to walk, you know, because it was, it knocks the life out of you. But, but in the meantime, I, I was about, I'd sold 49% of London Arena for a lot of money. And then the banks all pulled out because obviously they don't want a client who's just been shot and all reading all this shit in the newspapers. That was the most damaging thing mm. for me. The physical side of it, not a problem for me to get. I'm strong mentally, you know, physically, I got myself over it as I, you know, did. And mentally, didn't phase me at all. You wasn't worried about getting shot again or anything no. else? What I was worried about is stopping people from going shooting the guy who shot me. Right. Because that would have been disaster for me. I mean, in your in all those years of promoting, that must have just been the the maddest time. Oh, I've had loads of maddest yeah. times. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one that hurt the most. Like, yeah. Well, physically. Physically. Literally. But no, yeah, listen, it, it was there and it was gone. And I, I, don't, I really don't, d- I don't dwell on things. I, I'm quite, if I dwell on them, then I, stu- I do start getting to a position where I would want revenge. I've trained my mind to think think other things. Did you have an altercation with Mike Tyson in a lift in no. the Dorchester? Is that just a room no, that no, goes no, around? No, no, it was in a room. <laughs> it was in the room. <laughs> How was Mike Tyson to deal with? How was he? First yeah. time round, he was all right. Second time round, he was a nightmare. Media. So I brought him over the first time. He was another, you know, number one. He was. They wanted to arrest him. He flew all the, all the lawyers coming from America. Again, too stupid to understand that I stopped him going to prison because they would have been recalled in America and gone to prison. And um, it was over the most ridiculous thing as well. You know, something I had no control over. It's like me talking to you and suddenly you go, Bosh. What happened? They just went and suddenly threw a punch. Did it land? Yeah. Well, I went over. I got up. That's a hangover story, <laughs> isn't it? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah. 